0: All right, welcome back to the show. Garen Amick, Bill Haston, Tulsa World Sports columnist, uh, ready to, uh, to fill you in on what we know, what we think we know, about uh, things like uh, the PGA Championship coming to Southern Hills in less than a month. Can you believe it? Uh, spring football in Stillwater and Norman. And a, um, an interesting uh, story developing at the University of Tulsa with regard to a rebranding that uh, Bill has some thoughts on that we might kick around as well a little bit later in the program. Thanks very much for tuning in. You can catch the uh the video version of this at TulsaWorldsports.com every week or Tulsaworld.com, you'll find it from there. Uh, you can subscribe to a podcast, download, and subscribe via Google, Apple, and Spotify. All right, Bill, we uh we were perked up by some news uh earlier this week. I guess that would be yesterday, uh, or was it Monday? Anyway, this week, Phil Mickelson. Uh, connected to the PGA Championship for the first time, the defending champion, we're all curious as to whether the 51-year-old is going to be here to defend his title, and it got uh, it was uh, let out by his agent that he has registered to play here, but we might want to clarify what that means to those who automatically feel that that, that assumes that Mickelson is going to, in fact, be at Southern Hills. That's, that's, not, that's, not, uh, that's not the same thing as what uh, as what the agent announced, Correct.
1: Well, I mean, uh, like we talked about before you hit record, uh, It's a, it was a formality. It was a deadline uh, with, with that. You know, I, I think they would have made an exception for Phil Mickelson uh, had he not registered by the deadline, but yet expressed uh, an interest in playing here and got the blessing of the commissioner. Uh, they would have made a place for him as the defending champion, even if he pushed it to the week before the tournament. Uh, but by doing this, um, yeah, I, I would have been a, a, a lot more surprised had he not registered than than right. by the fact that he did. Uh, I still think it's less than a 50% chance that he'll be here. And it, I, I, I wrote a profile on him a couple of days ago, Uh on for the Tulsa World, and mm-hmm. I mean, since winning the uh, the PGA championship in May of 21, I mean, he's uh he, he's missed a bunch of cuts, and he hasn't really been uh, in contention for in any tournament, and he hasn't even played a competitive around on the PGA tour since January. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he comes here as a defending champion to me it would be more improbable that he would even make the cut here than it was for him to win it last year. Right. Last year, he, you know, he he was playing on a regular basis going into that. So, um, no, I mean, I'm hopeful that he's here. Obviously the best case scenario is Tiger and Phil are here. Um, I still think it's less than a 50% chance that Phil Mickelson plays here. And, you know, kind of a coin toss as well on tire. So. Um, right. Love to see it, though. Yeah, the
0: agent made it clear that that Mickelson, in, in the statement that the agent put out, and again, this wasn't Mickelson, this was his agent, Tom Loy, I think is his name, saying that just that he'd, uh, he'd met the deadline to, to register uh, for the PGA as well as the U.S. Open, uh, but then later in the statement said no no decisions have been made as to when and where Mickelson uh, will play next something else bill that he did that i don't want to lose sight of that we might lose sight of because everyone got all you know they, they here around here they got they were connected immediately i don't I understand why to him registering to play at uh, southern hills but he he's also according to the agent statement filed for an exemption that would allow him to play in the first event of the the saudi financed alternate tour league whatever you want to call it in london all right so does that does that change the odds on
1: whether phil is going to want to show himself at a at a at, a, at something like a pga championship i mean it doesn't change the odds in my mind it's the reason though that i believe it's less than 50 percent that he'll be here uh the commissioner went on record months ago as saying, you know, there's the possibility of a lifetime ban from the PGA tour for anyone who is aligned with that new league. Um, uh, this reminds me of like 40 years ago when the USFL mounted a challenge to the NFL and was, I you remember the money being paid to guys like Herschel Walker was outlandish, right? Easy. And you just thought, can this really hold up? Uh, as a business model i don't think it can um i mean if you don't if you don't have like i i in doing these profiles each day i'm on the world golf ranking site all the time unless you have like like at least half of the top 50 guys in the world on that new uh saudi backed tour Mm -hmm. how's it how's it going to work i mean really yeah Uh, I mean, if you don't have, if you don't have players that, that the golf public really, really, really wants to watch, uh, I I just think most guys are going to opt for the security and the consistency of the PGA tour, which holy moly. I mean, it's just like I wrote, I wrote a profile for a couple of days from now, Dustin Johnson, who is a, a great player and the most dominant player of the last decade, uh, and dustin johnson in is right about at the midway mark of the prime of his career and he's 74 million dollars he's the third highest paid guy in the history of golf and he's 37 he's got like eight good years left and so i just don't see the saudi league as being long term a real threat to the pga tour and i think it's really short-sighted for phil mickelson to, to jump into bed with that league uh when he's made uh, whatever it is, $95 million on the PGA. Right, and right.
0: Well, the la- and here's the thing, Bill. The last thing we want to do uh, the week of, of the PGA at Southern Hills is have to try to figure out how much ink or attention we want to lend to the, the circus. And you know, when, when Mickelson initially I guess it was Alan Shipnut, the writer who's doing a biography of Phil Mickelson, the long respected golf writer who who initially uh, shared the quotes that Mickelson gave him about joining the league and his now infamous description of of, uh, the Saudi people uh, or the Saudi financiers, I should say. Um, When that happened, the, the initial thought I had was golly, this is, this is just going to be nuts that, you know, we're going to be having to focus as much on the controversy of, of what Phil said as how he plays, assuming he plays in, at Southern Hills. And then everything died down because Mickelson sort of went, you know, issued his statement. I should have, it was off the record, blah, blah, blah. But I should have obviously chosen my words more carefully and, set, and 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 this will allow me some time to self-reflect other golfers on the tour were asked about them. Uh, several golfers came out as uh, as we're, we're, no we're we're PGA 100 percent we're not thinking about doing this we don't know why any anyone else would think about doing this to your point just now but now you sort of feel like it's picking back up right now that as we're wondering whether Mickelson's going to play and, and we're less than a month out do you do you think there's any chance this is going to this is going to hang over the event
1: at all well n- no I mean let's just I mean I was talking – I, I was talking with Nick, I think Nick Sadorkas a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, I mean, if Phil doesn't come here, it's not like anybody's going to go up and bang on the ticket, ticket office window and say, I want my money back. It's not going to be like that. It, it, it would have been great to have him here as a 51-year-old defending champion. Or it would be great to have him here as a 51-year-old defending champ. Um, I, I don't think there's just, unless he is like, in training camp, and he's playing every day and really, really working on his game. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's going to come in here with that kind of rust, build up, and contend. Really, probably even to make the weekend, much less win the championship. So, um, and you know, I mean, it wasn't so much just that he expressed interest in that other league, Garen. He's, at least according to Shupnik, Shipnuck, Shupnik. Alan Shipnuck, right. he said, "I'm not." Phil said, allegedly said, "I want to use this league as leverage against yeah, right. the PGA tour, not right. just because of the lucrative nature of this other startup. It's just I want to use it against the greedy." Uh, PGA tour. So I mean, you talk about the bite in the hand that feed has fed yeah. him so yeah. long, just just. Uh, monumental stupidity. So, um, now if he's here, you're right, it'll, it'll be the championship over here and Phil over here with regard to coverage. And and Phil will get maximum coverage for as long as he's here. Yeah. My guess would be exactly two rounds uh, and he'd be out of here. But, uh, I mean, if he's, if he's <clears throat> missing cuts at, on much lesser courses than Southern Hills, he ain't gonna make the cut here if he shows up. I'd love to see him come here and I would love to see him play well, but but uh, and I'll never forget the excitement at the senior PGA last year, which started the week of that tournament, started the day after Phil won the PGA And That's right, uh, that's right. What, are you kidding? what a manna from heaven, man! Mm-hmm. What a what a what a fluke. What a great get to have Phil Mickelson as the defending champion coming into Tulsa. When only a few weeks before that, we were going to have to wait until 2030 to even have a PGA championship. So all these circumstances fall in line. And you're like, A, we get it eight years earlier than expected. And B, we got Mickelson as the defending champ. So, no, it just Phil couldn't have messed this up any, any worse. And, uh, you know, it's... It's just crazy that, if anything, maybe at least until a few days ago, I'm, I was thinking it's crazy that I'm thinking there's probably a better chance of Tigers here than Phil. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, there's a lot of great players on the tour. That's right. And there's going to be a lot of well, – uh guys like Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay may not be quite the uh, – uh, you know, not – they don't have quite the sexy brand that Tiger and Phil have. certainly. Uh, there will be a lot of people that will crowd around those guys and watch them play because they're the best players in the world right now. Maybe this week we'll uh, we'll hear a nugget
0: regarding Tiger's viability for the event that will be a little bit happier than uh, than the uh, the news that Mickelson's agent dropped this week. Okay, football. Uh, you were in Stillwater. I was in Norman. We saw uh, the Sooners and Cowboys so- Play around a little bit, oh, you actually tap. Surprised to see this, Bill. They actually tackle each other for an hour and a half. I, you know, that's that's become that's become a lost spring game art. Okay. Um, not sure you saw the same contact in Stillwater, you and Kelly Hines. Um, but there's still still some things. Let's talk about what you saw. There's still some things that caught your eye, right? With regard okay. to us, you let's lay it on us. What happened?
1: Well, um, I'll just go back to the start of the Gundy era. And I was thinking back on the quarterback depth that each of those teams has had. And would you trust your third guy on the quarterback depth chart on any of those teams to try to win a game for you? No. And the most famous 13 quarterback in OSU history was Brandon Wheaton, obviously in 09, uh, which is mind blowing that he was the third guy on, at least on paper. And for that matter, when they played Colorado, remember that infamous game. Zach Robinson's out. They start Alex Cape. He goes over for the half. They they in a panic. They go to Brandon, and he he and uh, Justin Blackman have an epic second half. So, but with regard to having three quarterbacks on the roster who you can trust to execute the offense and the passing game, I think right now OSU is better outfitted than they've ever been during the Gundy era. Uh, with Spencer Sanders, Garrett Rangel, who's a first-year freshman from Frisco, who came in at the semester break, and then Gunnar Gundy, who um, completed a throw on the sideline, Garrett, and it just – my jaw dropped. It was such a beautiful throw. And and the wind was whipping, and it was 28 miles an hour, and ridiculous. And, and yet all three of those guys completed beautiful throws. OSU, you know, like you say, the OSU – spring exercise spring finale they called it it wasn't a game uh although they you know there was a little more of a live element than I expected uh but it was a lot of it the first third of it or so was just you know um uh, you know they just broke off into groups and just drilled just right practice. And, and then they got together for for you know a pretty respectable close to an hour of live football uh quick whistles um uh running back gordon busted up or i say busted up i don't know uh, but injured a wrist it looked like uh which was disappointing i think on his like a second touch mm-hmm. uh, so you didn't get to see much of him but uh you know and their old line is just torn to pieces by you know guys being inactive right now so um there wasn't a, there, weren't, there weren't a lot of great takeaways or great revelations uh because they were so guarded with personnel and, you um, know, but, but, but my takeaway really centered on the quarterbacks and, and the fact that you got three guys who can really throw it three guys. And, and I can't remember any Gundy coached team that had was three deep with the arm talent like that. Mm.
0: that. That that's interesting in Norman, by comparison, I can't remember the last time that an OU fan had to sweat not just not, not so much the ability at the quarterback position, but but the depth. And yet it remains an issue. Brent Venables isn't coming out and saying he's afraid that Dylan Gabriel is going to get hurt in the first week of next season. But as of right now, you know it's in the back of his mind and Jeff Levy's mind, and he continues to say. That that's the depth of that spot is something we, we will have to address um, you can't expect a guy who has been on campus for weeks in freshman Nick Evers to be ready to take meaningful snaps at, at OU's level of football and then guys like Micah Bowens and Ralph Rucker just too far down the depth chart to, to, to be counted on and so um, Bill I think this offseason becomes sort of a portal watch with regard to the backup position at Oklahoma. You've got got your starter, clearly, got your guy, your captain even, but um, without saying it, Venable sort of is saying it. Without saying it directly, it's something Eric Bailey wrote about for us this week, and uh, that's a little disconcerting when you consider that the quarterback room last year, even even if the situation was weird, quarterback room last year under Lincoln Riley consisted of Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. Far from it this year.
1: All right. Well, it's not as disconcerting as it would be if you didn't have the portal vehicle. Right. If you patch it up, uh, and I'm just telling you, it, there's there's not going to be a shortage. I'm not saying first round uh, draft pick kind of guys who are going to hold their hand up and say, "I want to be the backup at OU," but there will be there will be some interesting, talented guys who. I say guys who certainly look multiple guys who look at it and there'll be a guy who shows up through the portal and is on the field with those guys in August. You'll see,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, before the portal, then you're looking at if if you didn't have the portal as, as an option, you're looking at a situation in Norman comparable to when you were on the beat there in 2014. Yeah. Where where, prior to Baker Mayfield becoming eligible, you thought, you thought Trevor Knight was the answer and then he wasn't. And, and you had uh, you know, was 14 a belldozer season? I don't know, 12 it was, and uh, yeah, it was uh
0: Blake Bell. Well, 13 was was uh, the Trevor Knight, Blake Bell, um Thompson. Thompson, thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh that's right. And then 14 yeah, the, Knight, the a frozen uh, bedlam game. Yes, Blake, that's,
0: that's Yeah, yep. And then Trevor Knight has an out-of-body experience against Alabama at the end of that season in the Sugar Bowl, and right. then becomes the guy, essentially forcing Bell to move the tight end, and then that just doesn't work out. Let's just put it that way, and then Mayfield. feels field. like
1: this year, though, Garren feels like there's the least amount of confidence and certainty kind That's of – Great point, yep. Uh, – at quarterback then, then since 14. That yep. eight, eight years of, of – uh, <laughs> greatness for the most part eight years of greatness at college football greatness yeah uh at at the quarterback position for ou uh and first picked overall greatness for a couple of those years and you got mayfield starting with kyler as his backup for a couple of those years think about that holy moly Mm -hmm. so you know i feel like they'll patch it up I'm, i'm confident they'll patch it up somehow with with a competent uh newcomer during yep. the, and that's just the nature of it now you're able to do that
0: well and if gabriel doesn't get hurt it's not like oh you doesn't again have the guy to to, to run the offense of you know, right. he, he's gonna be just fine as something tells me so same as jeff levy there may there are other positions of, of uh, more uh, other positions of need in terms of just starting uh where you know what you got as a starter and quarterback at oklahoma uh, what's going on to you with uh, the mascot and, and marketing? And it seems, it seems like the wheels are really spinning right now in Rick Dixon's office. Every week, a new – cranks out a new story, a new way to attack what, is, what has been sort of a, a problem over there. What's happening? Right. Well, I
1: mean, it just – I mean, I've written this mostly in regard to men's basketball, but the, just that the status quo isn't good enough. The status quo isn't working. And it seems like they've taken that and they extended it like across the department. And they're just there's just so much movement now and aggressive, aggressive movement now at TU. But I mean, you saw the tweet I saw from Brad Carson, you know, rest in peace, uh, Captain Kane, you know, get out. <laughs> uh, Captain Kane was an awful mascot, just awful. Captain Kane looked like a, uh, I I shouldn't specify what he looked like, but uh, he needed to go. So uh, I don't even know that you have to have a mascot. Um, I mean, do you think it's, does it really add that much? And I mean, I hear references to little kids like mascots. I mean, really? I don't. If you don't have anything iconic, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, I mean, like, like I don't mind the eagle at ORU. He looks okay. Uh, Pistol Pete iconic is iconic. The little ponies at OU. eh. Well, I don't. This would be. I don't mean the schooner ponies. I mean the the mascot. The the horse pigs. (laughs) The what? what do you call them?
0: the horse? They're horse pigs. You can't when I when they were first unveiled by <laughs> when they were first unveiled by the university they they had the they had the design so screwed up you couldn't tell if they were horses or pigs and so the fan, so the fan base has since labeled them horse pigs, okay. which tells you everything you need to know about whether that was a good idea.
1: Like uh, at Arkansas, uh, I forgot what don't they have a little. Uh... Like a half pint sized uh, mascot in addition to the bigger mascot and it's like pork chop or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what he's called <laughs> pork chop <laughs> lamb chop or something uh, so, so anyway so he gave me an idea though so i reached out and i'll write about this in a couple of days maybe tomorrow uh, on you know why stop with the mascot why not just uh, discard the golden hurricane name altogether? Wow. It's problematic. Uh, a, it's not, we don't get hurricanes at Tulsa. Uh, and every time, not every time, but at least 30, 40% of the time, Tulsa it plays a televised game, which is like every game now. Uh, the talent, the television talent screws it up. The analyst screws it up, calls them the hurricanes, plural. Right. Uh, Even though it's clearly noted on the game notes, every sport, every game, we are the golden hurricane, not hurricanes. We are not Tulsa University. We are the University of Tulsa. And yet it it gets botched all the time. And I know it drives Don Tonkowski crazy. Uh, But I just say junk, the golden hurricane nickname, uh, and start over it would take within two years first of all it gives TU you an opportunity to sell merchandise uh if you get it right if you get a name come up with a name that uh, so i reached out to 40 about 40 tulsa area sports figures last night in a text message i said just throw nominations at me what what would you like to see the name change to and get creative and I got to say, with all due respect, there were some massive duds, a lot of (laughs) junk that came back at me, and some of it was tongue-in-cheek and pretty funny. All right,
0: folks, thanks for listening and watching. We'll do this again soon.